perception, perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Some talk shows think all of their opinions are right. This one, this one knows they are. This is Perception is Reality. Christopher H. Bilbury is a no-nonsense, well, maybe a little bit of nonsense, political activist, local government watchdog, and all-around good Hoosier and God-fearing American citizen. Is this guy for real? Holding lawmakers accountable and educating citizens on the importance of participating in their local government with a dab of national and world politics and a little pop culture and maybe some real-life common sense. This, this is, is Perception is Reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. Okay, well, hello. As the intro said, I am Christopher Bilbrey, and this is Perception is Reality. We have a really special show today where we're going to be speaking with a Muncie citizen, Mr. Don Morris. Mr. Morris is a father of three, a husband, citizen here in Muncie, and is someone who has become pretty well known to the community for a fairly unfortunate reason. Mr. Morris is the father of Ashley Morris Mollis, a young woman who went missing in September of 2013. We're going to be talking with Mr. Morris about the disappearance of his daughter, the investigation into the disappearance, and what life has been like for this father since the disappearance. Mr. Morris is sitting here to the left of me, and we're going to be talking with him to see what life is like now. So thank you for joining us today on Perception is Reality, and we're going to get into this with Don, and uh, I want to thank you all for listening, and let's see if we can figure out what's going on here, and maybe work towards bringing this family some closure. Now we go on the record with a one-on-one interview designed to engage, entertain, or enrage you. Perception is reality. On the record. Mr. Morris, hello. Hello. How are you? All right. Thanks uh, Thanks for coming and talk to us. Uh, for those of you that do not know, Mr. Morris is a citizen here in Muncie and is uh, someone that um, probably a good portion of you guys uh, have gotten to know over the last several years uh, for an unfortunate uh, reason. Mr. Morris's daughter, uh, Ashley Morris Mullis, uh, disappeared back on, in September of 2013 and has been missing since... Since then, basically, we're going on six years here this year, um, and for the last six or so months, um, I have had people behind the scenes messaging me and saying that I should get a hold of uh, Mr. Morris and see if he would be interested on, in coming on, 
and speaking with us um, so people could kind of get an understanding of uh, the case, kind of get an understanding of um, the facts, what happened. I know everybody has, uh, you know, pieces and parts and a little bit of uh, information here and there. And sometimes in situations like this, what's bad is the rumor mill starts and uh, there's a lot of hearsay and things that's not exactly correct. So I figured it would be better just to have you on and uh, kind of get your information, your side of the story, and then talk to you and get some information. Sounds great to me. Um, I'd like to start off by saying uh, just the information that I have heard that um, uh, basically a little bit of background that in the fall of September 2013, Ashley Morris Mullis was a 28-year-old single mother of three. She had just recently given birth to her third uh, child, a baby girl. Um, Ashley was a warm, kind-hearted, caring, hard-working um, Mother uh, loved her children, loved her family, uh, maybe a bit naive to the ways of the world. Um, in the last year and a half before she disappeared in September of 2013, uh, Ashley and her husband, Justin Mullis, had split. Uh, and she had moved into a rental of a man that she had met while trying to uh, get some work done on a vehicle. This man was Daniel York Sr. Mr. York was uh, 62 years old at the time they met, which was twice Ashley's age. Uh, Mr. York was a married man and um, kind of was known to have a thing for uh, younger women. And he will play a part in this uh, story as we move along. But um, I'm just going to uh, talk with uh, Mr. Morris, and we're going to hear a little bit about um, how the case has unfolded and uh, where, where we stand today and, uh, you know, what, the, uh, what he goes through, um, you know, on a daily basis, uh, attempting to get answers and, uh, you know, bring, uh, bring home his daughter, bring facts in uh, for his family for uh, his loved ones. So, again, thanks for coming with us. Um, why don't you just start, um, first of all, um, again, thanks for coming on. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you guys? Um, you and your wife are married. How long have you been married? Uh, me and my wife have been married for 33 years. Okay. Uh, the same age as Ashley is, 33 years. Okay, 33 years. And um, when, uh, when was Ashley born? She was born March the 1st, 1986. Okay, March 1st, 1986. And um, was she the oldest, youngest? Was she middle? She was the oldest, our first uh, child. Actually, okay. was our first child, our only girl. Uh, and uh, she was an amazing kid, you know, outgoing. Um, you know, real athletic, uh, real crafty, you know, sure. just wonderful all the way around. Okay. So walk us through the, you know, days, weeks, or months leading up to uh, disappearing. Were, were you and your daughter close? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, she had just uh, purchased a bunch of piggy banks, you know, 
couple weeks prior to her disappearance and uh, she come to me and needed some money to purchase them because we was, she was going to resell them so I give her the money to do so and uh, she purchased these piggy banks and brought them to my house and uh, was going to sell them on a weekend basis at flea markets and yard sales and uh, it basically never happened because she disappeared before this had happened. Okay, and when, when I, I was talking with you the other day on the phone, um, but tell uh, those that are watching, when, give or take, was the last time that you saw Ashley? The 19th of September was the last day I had saw Ashley. Uh, she left our house uh, on the 19th, and uh, my family members had actually seen her on the 23rd, I believe it was, at a family reunion. Uh, that me and my wife didn't make it to because I had to work. So that was the last time that the family had, had seen her. Okay. So uh, you Ashley was at your house on the 19th of September 2013, and then uh, sometime shortly thereafter, 22nd, 23rd, your family has a family reunion, and Ashley attends the reunion and is seen by family members there. And at, the, at this time, was she in a relationship of, of any kind? Well, I think she was kind of in a relationship with Dan, I guess. I mean, from what I hear, she was living at his house. And, uh, you know, maybe a relationship, or maybe just a friendship. I, sure. don't, I, don't, I don't know, you know, because it was kind of hidden from us. Because sure. She didn't want her parents know that she was dating somebody twice her age. Yeah, right. Talk to us a little bit about how uh, it come up that you became aware that Ashley was missing, that there was a problem. Well, we uh, went by her house after several times of trying to contact her through her brother tried to contact her, which talked to her every day on a daily basis. And we tried to contact her and we got no answer, so uh, we asked our boy if he had talked to her and he said, no, I haven't talked to her in two or three days. And I was like, well, that's funny because they talk every day. So uh, me and the wife had went to her house and looked for Ashley and no sign of Ashley nowhere, no sign of anybody at the house. So we wrote a note and put on the door you know, Ashley contact us as soon as you get this note. So Ashley uh, never did contact us. So we went back about three or four days later, and uh, the note was missing. So we knew somebody had been there. We was hoping that Ashley would contact us, but she never did. So we went back, and uh, we wrote another note and put it on the door. And... Uh, there again, no contact as well again. So uh, we try to get a hold of Dan York, and we call his garage in Anderson, and they say he's not there. So uh, his garage. Now let me stop you there for a moment. So for the folks that are watching, uh, Mr. York owned a couple businesses along with the rentals, correct? Right. Right. Okay. York had owned a, a, a garage, a muffler shop in Anderson. Uh, so we called there, and uh, we believe his employees was lying for him, telling him, because he just didn't want to talk to us. Sure. So uh, 
the wife and I set up uh, in our car with binoculars, and uh, we waited for uh, several hours for York to show up. Then when he showed up, we, uh, we took and uh, went over there to him, and uh, he told us that she had dropped the kid off and uh, had left. And uh, we didn't feel that was true. So we went to the police and uh, that's how it become a missing person case. Okay. And so, yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. So she, she had three children. At the time that she disappeared, she had two sons and a daughter, correct? Right. And the sons were how old? Uh, Tanner was two, and Ashton, I believe, was five. Okay, and the, the, the baby was just a baby. Yeah, she was maybe five months, six months when Ashley disappeared. Okay, and so before um, she disappeared, she had taken her two boys, which were the sons of her and her husband that had been separated, Justin. Right. She had taken the boys to him. And now, something I've been curious about is when she took the kids there, what did she tell him? Well, she had told, uh, told me that York su suspected that Justin was telling the kids to do horrible things to him like hide his wallet and this, that, and the other. Well, a five-year-old kid don't know to go hide somebody's belongings from them, especially their wallet or so have you, you know. And so I just, I just think he set her up for failure. He wanted to get the kids out of the way so he could do something to her to take the baby. I mean, my honest opinion is because she come to us and told us that York was accusing them of, you know, doing stuff to him, which okay. is, is a bogus reason to me, you know, sure. I mean, you just don't ship two boys away from their mother, but he had made her a bunch of promises, hey, we're going to Florida, I'll buy you a new car, I'll buy you this, I'll buy you that, we'll do this, you just got to give them boys to their dad, and I think it was just part of his scam to do what he's done. So he was feeding her a line of bull, right. kept telling her, hey, we're going to do this, I'm going right. to do this for you. And so let's talk a second. So she dropped the, the two boys off. The girl, at the time, you you weren't aware, but at, let's skip ahead for a moment. Right now, as it stands, um, the uh, at least what you've been told is your granddaughter, the girl uh, at the time, is actually the daughter of Mr. York's. That's what you've been led to believe. Right. Okay. And when she disappeared, you had you had no contact with the, the granddaughter. No. Okay. And you haven't had contact with the granddaughter since. Right. And some would say, well, if the mother, if if the if the boys got dropped off at, at the dad's, at Ashley's ex-husband, and there was still a baby involved. Where was the baby? Where's the, where's the baby currently? Well, the baby was with Ashley on the 19th when she came to my house. Okay. So uh, we had a friend that uh, 
stated and wrote up the statement and give to Mr. Waltower that Ashley was going to go to York's wife and let him know that they had a relationship going on. Okay. Then she even wrote up a statement on this, and Waltower said it was no good because she didn't write the date on it. Okay. Which is kind of bogus to me. But they said that Ashley dropped the baby off to them and disappeared, which I don't believe because Ashley was hanging tight to that baby at the family reunion and, you know, at the last scene of my house. So I don't believe the story where she dropped him off and just took off and vanished. Okay. Well, kind of, let's dispel a rumor here. Um, uh, you know, I've heard a couple times, and then in getting ready for the interview, I heard yet again um, that there was, from the, from the divorce between Ashley and Justin, they had, besides the kids, they had some dogs. And uh, Ashley thought that Justin was taking care of the dogs, and Justin thought that Ashley was taking care of the dogs, and, you know, things happened. The dogs were not getting taken care of, and there was a neglect of the uh, dog, of these dogs. And Ashley was, when I say this, I mean a very minuscule amount of legal trouble. She had a court date, and she missed the court date. Right. Um, and so... Let me ask you this. Prior to this, had Ashley ever been in any kind of legal trouble? None whatsoever. Okay, so she'd never and been... she missed the court date due to her being missing. Okay, due to the fact that she was missing. So, because I know there's a rumor out here that, you know, she took off because she was afraid she was going to be in trouble over this dog situation. She was a first-time, quote-unquote, a first-time offender, so it's not like she was going to be thrown in jail... Um, you know, if she needed a little bit of money to pay a fine, is that something that she would have been able to, you know, you guys would have helped her with? Well, sure. It wouldn't have been a reason for her to go missing for six years. Right. Well, in the dog factor anyways, it was Justin's grandpa's house. Okay. So Ashley had to move out, and she couldn't take the dog, so therefore it was basically Justin's family's house. So how they could charge her was something that wasn't even her property, which was the mallest property. Sure. Uh, seemed kind of bogus to me to start with. Absolutely. So. Um, okay, so now we're to the point where um, she has, the, the claim is that she's taken her baby after dropping off her sons with the, her ex. She's now taken the baby to um, Daniel York and his wife, and his wife's name is... Sheila. Sheila York. And um, they lived here in Muncie? In Yorktown. Okay, they lived in Yorktown. And they're saying that she, uh, they, they've given a couple stories, correct? Right. So their right. first story was? She, she dropped the baby off. Then uh, the cops went back and my sister went back and, and York explained to them that he gave her $15,000. She just wanted to get away. Okay, so at that time, then, he tells the police officers that $15,000 here, you know, and he didn't give any more, you know, why she wanted to get away, or or he just said, I gave her 15000 and she's and, gone. And she bought a Mustang and left, was his exact words. Okay, and then is there one more story yet besides that? Yes, his daughter said that uh, Ashley dropped Abigail off, 
with her. Mm -hmm. So we got three different stories from the York family. His wife tells one story, which we got a recording of, that we give to investigator Waltower there again that's dropped the ball on this whole case from the beginning. And he's got the recording of York, so if he plays the both recordings, he'll understand there's two different stories there. And then he's got Alyssa, he's supposed to have a story from her, which has told a third story. So you got three members of one family telling three stories. Okay. So something's something's not right here. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. So um all the meantime, all this time, you know, are, you guys are out looking. You're, you know, you're contacting. Are you contacting her friends and and uh, you know what, you know what's what's what are you guys doing during this time? What's the police doing during the you know initial you know couple weeks after you realize she's gone? After he says the first time he says she's gone. You know, you guys are frantically looking for her, correct? Right, right. Okay. Well, we've called. They, they said she went to my brother's house in Indianapolis and uh, said uh, that she went down there, which wasn't true. So we called and checked on all that and said she was at my sister's in Moreland. And we checked all that and that didn't come out true as well. Uh, but like I say, he, he told the police that he gave her $15,000 and she left. Well, his son even said that He'd come back and he'd come up with a story of a stand out. So, I mean, there's basically four different stories from sure. that family at this point. So we go to the, to the police department and we make a report. And uh, actually, we try to make a report. They send a city cop out and the city cop says, well, we can't take this report, we'll send a county cop out. Well, no county cop shows up, they keep sending the city cops back. But the city cop don't want to take a report because it happened in the county, and we lived in the city, and we was making the report, but they said the county had to make a report because she lived in the county. So after three days of the county not taking a report, the city officer finally took a report and laid it on Maltower's desk, then it sat there for 10 days before he made a missing person's case on this case. Ten days after he received this report. So now we're up in October, like October the 10th. So it's lingered almost two weeks before the police are even on this case. Okay. So it's really frustrating to me because it's supposed to be put in the database within five days on a missing person. And here we got two weeks, and it's still not put in the database. This is just a 10-day. Uh, just when he makes the report is in October the 10th. Wow. So it sat on his desk two weeks before he done a thing with it. Sure. Did they ever explain why? Did anyone from the police department ever explain why, why that had happened? Never have. Okay. Never have. And at the time... Um, this was County Police Department, so Kurt Waltower, for, for those of you that are maybe not familiar, um, it would have been the Delaware County Sheriff's Department that would have been reviewing the case and investigating the case, and um, the investigator assigned to it would have been Investigator Kurt Waltower, and the sheriff at the time was Sheriff Scroggins, yes. correct? Okay, so this would have been back when Scroggins was uh, alive and on the Sheriff's Department. 
Let's also dispel another rumor that something that I've heard a couple times, and, and I actually had was aware that this was not accurate well before talking to you, but it's something that I think that gets thrown around a lot and that people... First of all, let me back up. If Jane Doe, in my opinion, is... If, if you have Jane Doe and she is... You know, you hear about this in big cities all the time. If she is... Um, a drug addict, or if Jane Doe's a prostitute and she goes missing or something happens to her, it does not make that any less of a crime. If something bad happens to somebody, it's still a crime and should be investigated to the fullest extent. Um, that being said, I know that there are folks that have thrown around the fact that she was on drugs, and that's just simply not accurate. She was not a drug addict. She was not a major... I wasn't a drug dealer. She wasn't, no. you know, involved in an illicit crime. And I think that that happens... What happens a lot is she kind of went missing right around the same time that a couple other women from around here went missing, and a couple of them were... It was well known that they were, in fact, drug addicts, which does not negate the fact that they went missing... And it doesn't mean they shouldn't be investigated. They all these should be investigated thoroughly. Right. But um, it's important, I think, from you know, for me to let people know, and, and for you, you know, to know, and for you guys to know that, you know, this wasn't because she was living in a, an illicit lifestyle. No, she she wasn't uh, on heroin and, and uh, drugs like that. She she done prescribed drugs because. Uh, now, and, and this is something that I believe that might have caused her to uh, be, you know, done away with or, or whatever's happened to her. I believe they, I believe they killed her, my honest belief. Uh, but she had a, a disease where her joints was deteriorating, and it was due to Dr. McAllister giving her too much anesthesia. Uh, she had come to the house and got paperwork for me and her mother on this, which was, you know, a pretty thick folder. And uh, she was taking it to the local lawyers around here to uh, investigate suing McAllister. Well, Mr. York was getting drugs through McAllister. So I think Ashley found out more than she should have about what was going on in this town. York was related to Scroggins, so that's a perfect way to cover up is, you know, have your cousin, you know, say, hey, you know, I done away with her, you know, make the cops not do nothing. And, you know, my belief is it, it, it's been a corrupt cover-up from the start. Uh, that's my belief, because Ashley come to get these folders from me. Wasn't two weeks later, she ended up disappearing. Uh, I don't know if York sent her to get the folders because he had talked to, to her and she had even went to a lawyer and the lawyer said, well, you give me sex and I'll take the case. And She scratched him off the list, so there's even uh, corruption going on in the lawyers in this town, the judges in this town, uh, some of the, the police department in this town. So it's just been one corrupt thing after the other that me and my wife have dealt with. Uh, we fought for uh, custody of our grandbaby, and that whole case has been corrupt. We spent $10,000 in lawyers and still have not even the rights to see our grandbaby. 
So it's pretty pathetic. Yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. So your your daughter is missing. Your granddaughter is still very much alive and, and healthy. And, um, you know, you would like to see her. Not only like to see her, you know, you would like to have custody of her. Right. Um, you know, you have since been told at the time that your grandbaby was born, you did not know who the father is. Since the, your daughter went missing, um, tell tell those viewing that might not know who you've been in a custody battle with over your granddaughter. We've been in a custody battle with uh, Sheila York, not Dan York, but uh, Dan York supposedly died of a heart attack in Florida. Well, uh, there's still people that's skeptical about that, you know, that... Uh, he may still be alive out there and uh, well, you know, it's just been a police cover-up from the start, so it makes you kind of skeptical whether he's in police protection and they made it look like he's dead. But Sheila York ran off to Florida, lived at her daughter's house, and when I took her to court, she was here and she left about three months after I took her to court saying that she had lived in Florida for six months. Well, she had an address there, but it was her daughter's address. So you could easily claim you've been there for six months if you go to your daughter's address. Sure. And, and claim you've been there for six months. So they had to give her citizenship in, in Florida and uh, made it to where she didn't have to come back here to go to court. So... Uh, that's pretty bizarre to me that you can take somebody's kid from one state and run to another, claim citizenship, and then go ahead and adopt them. But Mr. York supposedly was dead before the adoption. So uh, I don't know how this was all brought out to even be possible, but uh, it just amazes me how the, the system can let this happen, you know, because the state of Indiana states if you don't have DNA of that baby within 60 days, you're not the legal guardian or parent. So York was not even a legal guardian or parent because he never had done a DNA in the state of Indiana for that baby. So the way I'm looking at this is Delaware County should have went to Florida and snatched up my grandbaby and brung her back to the state of Indiana, because she was a, uh, a citizen of, of Muncie, Indiana, not well, of Florida, and she was born in Muncie, Indiana. Well, and, and so so your daughter is missing. Um, you know, the, you're the next of kin to your daughter. So, you know, um, if your daughter had, uh, let's just say, a life insurance policy or a car or belongings or children, you know, Obviously, her two boys uh, would be with the father, but with with if Daniel York's the father of the baby of the granddaughter, and he's deceased, and your daughter is not in the picture, you're the next of kin, and, and so we even won guardianship in the court. You did win guardianship. We got guardianship over Ashley, so we should have had that grandbaby the minute he died. Okay, and so what year, when is he supposedly had died? Uh, 2015. 2015 is when Mr. York apparently died. So at that time, 
they had had custody for two years. Well, then, not custody. They oh, were not running then, for two years. Excuse me, they'd been running for two years. Oh, right. Yeah, I guess I meant they, they had physical custody, not, not legal. Right, right. Okay. And even uh, <clears throat> John Quirk was one of my lawyers, and uh, he said it was fraud. But the bad thing is, he works for the city, too. So right. where's the corruption stop? You know, I mean, if you got somebody telling you it's fraud that you paid to defend you and just walks out of the courtroom and says it's fraud and that's yeah, the right. case is over, I mean, I'll say, well, well, hold on here. <laughs> if it's fraud... Well, why didn't you say so? We can go home now, you know. You know, I mean, where's, where's, where's my fighting lawyer at? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, don't tell me it's fraud. Do something about it. So, um, so now... As we sit here today, um, your daughter, your daughter's gone. As uh, is, is MIA, Daniel York is be- believed or, or alleged to be deceased. Right. His wife, who is nothing to your grandchild, has custody of your grandchild in Florida or wherever she or is. wherever she's at. We tried. We've tried to send paperwork. Uh, I paid for lawyers in Florida. And, and they've just took my money as well. And, uh, you know, because they can't simply find where she's at. You can't serve a subpoena to somebody that ain't there. Right. So they tell me i got to track her down, hand her a subpoena myself, and tell her she's been served. Jesus. That's the justice system yeah, today. Absolutely, absolutely. So do you currently have uh, an attorney working for you? I currently do. I got uh, a couple of them actually, but uh, I got two private investigators working on the case as well. And uh, it's just uh, mind boggling how much something like this could really set you back uh, just to find out the truth about your family member. Yeah. Well, I want to. I want to tell you uh, real quick. Um, you know, tell tell them that's watching uh if anybody has you know i'm I'm a former police officer and it's it's you know you always hear say see something say something or you know report all information that you know even if you think it's the most mundane nonsense if you think it's the littlest so it does not matter if you know any details of this case if you know anything pertaining to Ashley Morris Mullis, if you know anything pertaining to Daniel York, if you know anything about this gentleman's granddaughter, if there's any information that you possibly could know, um, call and give it to the Delaware County Sheriff's Department. You can contact uh, them at 765 747 7878, or you can contact them at uh, Investigations, which is 765-747-7781. You can also, um, I I won't give your information out, but if if anyone knows any information and wants to get it to Don, you can contact me at 765-546-9796, and I will get it to him. Uh, do you guys have a, uh, a you, you guys have, you have a Facebook account? And they can have my phone number. I don't mind that. Okay. What? I take leads myself. Okay. I mean, what's 
what's my, your number? My phone number is uh, seven four or seven one seven four eight seven nine. Okay. Seven, seven six five area code. Uh, more than more than happy to uh, follow any leads myself. Uh, if you don't want to go to the cops, you can come to me. You can come to me through Facebook, private message me. You can call me personally. Uh, I don't mind. Uh, I will. Uh, I've been, you know, investigating this myself for the last five years. I've been on several investigations myself that the cops will not do. Uh, you know, and I'll continue to follow up on any leads. I've followed up on every lead so far that I've ever had. I'll continue to follow up on any leads that I do get, bogus or not. Uh, you know, I just, it's just something I feel I have to do. Uh, like I say, uh, I believe it's due to a, a lot of corruption in this part. We got uh, five unsolved cases in this town right now. Supposedly, we got the most missing in the state of Indiana in Delaware County. So if you have a, a child or something that you have missing, feel free to notify me and we'll get the news out. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the, the people of the missing, you know, to uh, help represent them, to show them the roads to, to follow because it's very disturbing. Uh, it will melt you down in the first two years. I was just simply not a man. It, it tore me down to where I could not work, I could not focus, uh, but I have regained my uh, uh, sense since then. Uh, it don't go away, it just gets worse. I'll let you know this, but uh, if you don't feel the police department's helping you out in any manner with your missing case, uh, contact me. I'll contact Christopher, and, and we'll get you up here, and uh, you know we'll get you letting the news out with us, because the more that we got putting it out there, the more uh, people letting justice know that we're not going to stand for this. Uh, we need a new Indiana state law on this missing, because right now it's just up to the discretion of the officer. Well, if he says, well, she's on drugs, she left, that's it, your case is done. Uh, so we need to change this Indiana law about the missing because uh, we can't just leave this in some officer's hands because it could be an officer that do something to somebody. There's got to be more investigation other than a cop saying, well, she's on dope and she left because that's not the proper way to handle things is leave it under the discretion of the officer that goes to the case. There should be more research done than just that in, in my feelings. Uh, and if you go to the uh, laws about the missing for the state of Indiana, it is one of the worst. Uh, I, I, I suggest you look it up and, and you'll agree with me, it needs changed very bad. Well, we've had a petition out and uh, we needed 200 signatures, we're well over a thousand. Uh, so I, I, I suggest all of you, you know, it's it's go to our senators and, and congressmen, and uh, let's fight to get this law changed for, for all of us. This could be your family member. Absolutely. And something that's probably important, I know uh, the entire time I've talked to you, you've not brought this up, but I, I feel like it's probably important. This obviously, 
you know, hiring investigators and attorneys and doing all of this. This is uh, not only is it time-consuming, um, but it's it's costly. Um, do you guys have a GoFundMe? Do you guys have something that if someone felt like they wanted to donate to the cause of helping to locate uh, Ashley or to locate information, is there something? Is there? How can someone help? We we've had a couple fundraisers. We've had a GoFundMe. It, it brought in like $715, I think. We've, we've had uh, one lady, uh, her son had gotten murdered, and she donated $750 to the cause. And I'm very thankful for her because she lost her son and, and was willing to donate to us for missing parents $750. And that, that was pretty amazing. Uh, and we have had uh, fundraisers. We had one at the Red Dog here a uh, while back. Everybody uh, that showed was was pretty, pretty helping and, and caring. But today, all I do now for, for the funds to help me is I, I sell Ashley shirts. Okay. I sell Ashley shirts for $20 a piece. That goes towards uh, helping us fund for lawyers and and to continue our fight and investigations on gas and, and stuff like that that I do myself. Uh, you know, uh, I, I like I say, I've spent quite a bit of money. I'm thankful that I got an attorney now that's basically working with me because eventually I think uh, he knows we're going to sue Delaware County for the way they've treated this case. So uh, he, he's doing it, you know, for... I think the money that we're going to receive because I told him I don't care about none of the money. I just want justice. Uh, you know, all the money that's won through the courts off of this case, you can have it. I don't want it. All I want is justice for my family and my granddaughter back, and uh, money will not uh, replace my kid. You sure. know, it just it just won't happen. Yeah. You know, uh, any money that goes to my church goes in the tank or it goes you know straight to helping me investigate I got two private investigators that that's steadily working this case too so I mean uh, it, it's not uh, cheap by any any means but my family's worth whatever it takes sure and I want to tell them out there um, your so you you have a, a Facebook your Facebook is just your name Don Morris but then, uh, Ashley, uh, you have a website uh, for uh, Ashley, correct? Right. And it is, I'm going to pull that up here so I say it right. Uh, the website for Ashley is uh, just, it's Ashley Morris Mullis. It's A-S-H-L-E-Y-M-O-R-R-I-S-M-U. L L I S dot com, and uh, it's a site that you, if you click click to click on it, it's got um, Ashley's picture and it's got her story and it's got ways to contact, uh, and then it's got uh, a lot of information um, where you know um, different parts of the uh, case and different things, and you have done a lot of work with other people who have. Um, family members missing. Uh, you post a lot of information about that. 
Um, so you're you're very active. I, I, it seems like that's something that happens in, in these you know just god awful situations that you know everybody kind of bands together. Uh, and once you know, if it's like a club that you don't want to join, but when you do join, you kind of help each other out. Um, I had a lady call me last night, and uh, CPS somehow let her kid get adopted from Muncie, Indiana, too. She oh done it, they done the same thing to her. They ran off with her kid, went to another state, and illegally adopted her child. And this happened in Delaware County, too. And yes. uh, she don't know how. She's, she's pulling her hair out trying to figure out what to do and, and how to get help. And uh, she's uh, watching our bad podcast tonight. Sure. Okay. Well, very good. Um, and for those, again, I want I do want to say this. Um, if for anyone that has any information, um, you can contact me here. Leave it with me. You can contact... Um, Don on his Facebook or through the the, the Ashley Morris Mullis website. Um, the case number, the Delaware County Sheriff's Department case number, 2013-25263. But I believe that's a different case number than what I've even seen. Yeah, if you look at some of them, one of them comes back to a stolen moped. So that's... To tell you how corrupt this case is. And he's exactly right. There, there's a couple case numbers that... Don't even go back to Ashley's case. It goes back to a stolen moped. Uh, just, just to give you kind of an idea of what's going on here. Uh, so I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to which case, which, which report is actually, which case report is actually correct. Uh, I, I mean, it, here, here's the bottom line. If you have information. Uh, get a hold of Don. Uh, get a hold of the sheriff's department. I can tell you this: uh, the the Delaware County Sheriff's Department dispatch number is seven six five seven four seven seven eight seven eight. The uh, investigations is uh, to ring down to the detectives is seven six five seven four seven seven eight eight one. And so you don't necessarily need. Uh, a a uh, report number uh, to um, to look uh, that up. Uh, you can you can just call them and let them know. You don't have to give your name. Uh, you don't you don't have to come in. I mean, if you know something, call and leave the information, and uh, they can you know they can track that down. That's what they're uh, supposed to be doing. If you have information. Uh, get it to somebody, get it to the police. Call the Indianapolis, or excuse me, the Indiana State Police. There is a, a state trooper uh, that has been working on this as well. Um, and there is a new investigator from the Sheriff's Department that's working on it, um, Bill Curtis. And uh, so if you know something, if you, if you know someone that knows something, get that information down to them. Um, and, uh, you know, try to get information um, you know, so they can wrap this up and get some answers and, and get uh, bring uh, some closure, some justice uh, to this family. Uh, something before I let you go, I, I want to make sure, because I've had a couple people bring it up, and I think it's probably something we'll talk about. A couple people have um, said that they, um, they're interested. I know that a while back there was um, quite a bit of hubbub uh, over the story due to a gentleman that came into the picture 
uh, and I just want to make sure what the deal is there. I know some people, some people were way supportive of his efforts, and some people were way against it. Um, that was Daniel Powers, and I, I'm in no way related to any of that situation. But what he's not in the picture anymore, correct? No, he's not. Okay. Uh, he's been uh, he he come in the picture trying to help, I believe, honestly. Uh, he was uh, come to find out that. Uh, he was wanted in several states, and uh, that's what brought him to Indiana because they wouldn't haul his butt back. But uh, he he was claiming to help, but he was living off of of uh, the supporters of the missing, you might mm. say. He was taking advantage of uh, various people that was trying to help me with the case. Thought that. He was, you know, a big help to the case, so they was giving him money, buying him clothes, giving him place to stay, to turn out to find that uh, he was just taking them for their belongings and uh, uh, acting as he as, as if he was a police officer, officer packing a gun, just all kinds of uh, corrupt stories that I had heard through this. So that's why we. Basically, raining plum out of town. <laughs> he parted ways. Yes. Um, I mean, you know, like, like they say, no uh, publicity. You know, no, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, it, it did generate some interest in the case, and uh, you know, I know that you're you're happy for that. And um, you know, the reason I've done this, uh, I, like I said, for about the last six, seven, eight months, um, I've had several people. Uh, one person in particular say multiple times that I needed to reach out to you and just get the information out there because then you'll be able, anyone of your family, your friends, your supporters, anyone can take this link and can copy and paste it and push it out there. You can email it. This is set up to um, be open to the public so it doesn't have to be somebody who's a friend of mine or a friend of Don's on Facebook, anybody can copy and paste this and put this in uh, an email or can um, put it, um, uh, you know, any, anywhere, send it out everywhere and just help kind of get that information, get the names out. And if someone knows any information on that, you know, maybe something can jog a memory and, and try to bring you guys a little bit of closure and some justice. Um, as we wrap up, let me ask you this. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to say? Is there anything that you would like to um, get out that we haven't said? Or do you have anything to say in closing? Well, I'd just like to say, you know, um, which I don't believe you're out there, Ashley, but, you know, if you are out there, give somebody a phone call. Let them know you're safe. Uh, let our worrying quit. You know, uh, as far as Sheila York, I will get my granddaughter back. I will, I will see my granddaughter again. Uh, if I have to wait till she's 18 to be here for her, I will. Uh, if I have to fight the rest of my life until I get her, I will. And my search will continue for Ashley until I find out the true answers. And, uh, you know, God bless all you followers that, you know, have helped me with all the leads. And uh, every one of you that's purchased shirts and, and, and helped me throughout this because it's you guys that, you know, I, I, that keeps me in the fight because 
I can't fight this fight alone. It's too costly. Uh, it's too frustrating. It's too aggravating. Uh, if it wasn't for the support of you people, I probably would have given up a long time ago. But the support from you guys is what keeps me going on a daily basis. And I appreciate each and every one of you. God bless you all. Very good, very good. Well, uh, uh, Mr. Morris, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Um, you are welcome to talk with me anytime. Um, if you ever have any information that you'd like to get out or you want to you know, help spread the word, you're more than welcome to pick up the phone and call me, and we'll, we'll uh, uh, talk. We can do it over the phone. We can do it in person. If you ever have something going on or have an event, I'd like to be a part of it or do whatever I can to help, and uh, we'll see what we can do to take care of you. I appreciate you coming on and talking with them and getting the information out, and um, hopefully uh, one day sooner rather than later, we'll uh, be able to get some information for you and your family. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, for those of the rest of you uh, watching, um, we're going to be uh, kicking off uh, the um, candidate interviews um, with the council and uh, clerk candidates for the city of Muncie. Uh, we'll be continuing. I will be releasing um, the information as they come in. I have several that have scheduled uh, and I have several that I need to lock down dates for. Um, that's going very well. Um, almost everybody is, um, almost everyone is um, showing an interest. So I've not had anybody that's uh, really uh, against it or is saying they're doing something different. So uh, you'll be able to get that information, share that. Please uh, take the time to share this video, share it on your Facebook. Um, Send it to the people that you know. Send it to the people that you don't know. The, the thing is, you never know who knows something um, that doesn't know they know something. And it just takes that one little thing of being jogged in the back of their mind or, or seeing uh, his shirt or his face. Um, I will uh, take pictures of this. I want to show real quick. Um, I know it's backwards. I know that the writing on this is backwards. It's because of the camera. I apologize, but you, you get the point. Um, this is uh, Ashley here. These are uh, hung up uh, everywhere. Um, if you would be interested in uh, getting a shirt uh, through uh, Mr. Morris to help the cause and just to get the shirt and wear it, uh, please contact him and let's uh, get that information out there. Thank you very much for watching and uh, I will see you again real soon. God bless. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Look up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. And on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception. Is, is reality. Reality. 
This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.